You are listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. She's tracked. Okay, okay, come on. Okay. Are you okay? I'm okay. Eleven species. Blue is the last of her kind. You'll never capture her. We thought you might know someone who could help. A rescue op? What could go wrong? Hey, Blue. You know me. Come with me. You know you can't stay here. Back your men up right now. who proved raptors can follow orders. You never thought how many millions a trained predator might be once? They're gonna sell them. Not blue. They need it for something else. What is that thing? They made it. This is the most dangerous creature that ever walked the earth. I say we shut this whole thing down. Hey, girl. You think what I'm thinking? Genetic power has now been unleashed. You can't put it back in the box. Blue! If I don't make it back... Remember, you're the one who made me come here. I'll be all right. These creatures were here before us. And if we're not careful, they're gonna be here after. Welcome to Jurassic World. All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and the story is as follows. Three years after the destruction of Jurassic World, Owen Grady and Claire Deering return to the island of Isla Nublar to save the remaining dinosaurs from a volcano that's about to erupt. They soon encounter terrifying new breeds of gigantic dinosaurs while uncovering a conspiracy that threatens the entire planet. The film is starring Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Rafe Spall, Justice Smith, Daniela Pineda, James Cromwell, Toby Jones, Ted Levine, B.D. Wong, Isabella Sermon, Geraldine Chaplin, and Jeff Goldblum. It is directed by J.A. Bayona and written by Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly. Joining me for this review, I have Josh Williams. What's going on, everybody? Well, I'll tell you what's going on, Josh. I don't know if my listeners can hear it in my voice, but I am pretty darn sick right now while recording this. Uh, yeah, it, sound, it sounds like you're a little under the weather. Very much so. And I'm not saying it was the movie, <laughs> but parallels could be drawn. I, I could say it was the movie. It probably was. You think it was? I don't know. I, I Man. This movie, man. <laughs> you know, I, I, I like... I, Man, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Normally, I'm like ready to go with questions and thoughts and analysis. This movie left me completely dumbfounded, Josh. I mean, like, I walked out of the theater and I was in denial. I was going through stages 
because I could not for the life of me believe that the same guy that directed The Orphanage, The Impossible, and A Monster Calls made this garbage. (laughs) I just couldn't believe it. And then I see that Colin Trevorrow is like part of the uh, screenwriting team. And then I'm like, oh, now it all makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it's like, yo, remember like you and I were here last year around this time with another Colin Trevorrow film. It's like, I think we're the two we're out. We're out to get Colin Trevorrow. I wouldn't go that far. We're not out to get him. I think he's out to get us. (laughs) Yeah. Something's going on here. I mean. But, I mean, I was so disappointed by this movie. This might be my yeah. biggest disappointment of the year so far. There was no way, because the first one is really bad also. Whoa, 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 whoa. let's clarify. Not okay. 1993 Jurassic Park you're referring to. No, no, no. The the, the original Jurassic World. <laughs> the original. The first one. Like, oh, yeah. You remember the original came out like 30 years ago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The original from, what was it, 2016, 2015? 2016. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's really bad, right? So going into this, I was like, there's no way that the second one can be as bad. Oh, it's just as bad. I, I couldn't. <laughs> if not I, I said the same as that thing. I, I Somebody asked me, they're like, oh, what'd you give Jurassic World? Because there's like no review of it on the site. And I'm like, oh, I gave it a three. It's really bad. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I think I've left myself a lot of room for Jay Bayona to surpass my expectations. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> okay. So let's start off with this, actually. What has been your experience with the Jurassic Park franchise leading up to this? Um, I mean, I had seen the original, the Steven Spielberg one, the very first Jurassic Park when I was oh, very young. I hope young. so. <laughs> when I was very young, uh, my mom really likes that movie. So she had shown it to me at like a very young age and I watched it growing up. Uh, so I really like the first one as most other people do. Um, I'm okay on The Lost World. The Lost World's pretty good. It's not as great as the first one, obviously, but it's still got its moments. It's fun. And then I shamefully really enjoy the third one it's like mindless fun <laughs> yeah i'd say it's like getting pretty bad at that point but it yeah at that point it's definitely has... like a steep dive <laughs> yeah it's like oh there's the guy from fargo and oh sam neil is back and yeah that the lost raptor <laughs> just broke that guy's neck uh, okay i'm i'm here you know i'm in it yeah <laughs> and so then jurassic world comes out in 2016 and it's like oh okay you know dinosaurs eating people i can get on this train and i see it and i'm like man this is bad <laughs> i mean it was yeah. so basically basically my jurassic park experience is pretty good up until like f- just a couple years ago <laughs> yeah i mean just recently things have been okay to great to good yeah to bad to dark shit it's all over the place I will say this. I I know why people love this franchise. I get it. Dinosaurs are a cool thing to fixate on and for people to be mesmerized by. And it also is, you know, for lack for lack of a better practical method of displaying them on screen, it's an excuse for big blockbuster budgeted cgi to rear its ugly head for sure and for a lot of people that want to go to the movies to escape they get what they want out of this you know i mean it's absolutely mindless fun adventure excitement here's the problem for me though the fun and excitement aspect of it isn't there this time around no absolutely not and part of that is because 
I kept waiting for J.A. Bayona to deliver that one set piece that I was going to walk away from this movie going, well, the movie was garbage, but man, that one scene, oh, you know? Yeah. And I never got that, not once. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people kept writing to me saying to me, but Matt, it's got to be the stuff in the house, the gothic, you know, house at the end and everything. And I'm like, (laughs) I can kind of see what J.A. Bayona is getting at with something like that. Like there's hints of the orphanage and a monster calls in there. But you can't convince me that the same guy that did those movies did this. You just can't. (laughs) There is a conspiracy here. I believe wholeheartedly with every fiber of my being that J.A. Bayona did not direct this movie. Universal Pictures directed this movie. Colin Trevorrow directed this movie. Yeah. (laughs) He just stepped in. Uh, I didn't get to do Star Wars. Step aside, Junior. (laughs) The exterior shot of that gothic house, by the way, I'm pretty sure that's the same exterior used for Wayne Manor, but I could be wrong. I thought it was the (laughs) X-Mansion from X-Men. Or that, too. (laughs) All right, all right. We need need to explain what the story is here a little bit. I mean, we're, like, all over the place. But, man, this is, like, one of those movies where it's, like, it's just coming out of me like word vomit, you know? Yeah. To borrow a line from the better movie, Mean Girls. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So right away from the very beginning, this question is brought up about whether or not to save the dinosaurs because the dinosaurs on Isla Nublar are going to be exterminated by this erupting volcano. Yeah. Okay. So I get it. Now we're, go- we're getting into like animal like activist territory here. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, I think Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom probably works better for you if you are a diehard animal lover. And I say that because I do believe deep down a lot of us are animal lovers. So yeah. I say diehard because these are CGI fantasy creature animals. They're not real animals that are like alive today. They once were, but they're, you know, like that... It's really, really hard to establish that kind of a connection with these creatures I have found, except for the character Blue, who we know from the previous film. So that's understandable, and that character kind of has a personality and a connection to um, the – God, what's his name? I keep wanting to say Chris Pratt, but his character does have a name. Uh, I think it's Owen. Owen, sure. Yeah, he has – Blue has a connection with Owen Pratt, whatever. (laughs) That basically should be his name. It's just Chris Pratt. <laughs> and and I can totally understand if you're watching this and there are moments where the humans are very cruel and inhumane towards the animals. And the whole movie is about this question of whether or not if they deserve to be saved. Yeah. Because they are a threat to mankind. Now, the question of whether or not if you decide to make this choice is – I mean, this is oh god, this is this is like the biggest problem of all, Josh, with the screenplay itself. Is the whole movie is based upon this question of whether or not to save the animals. Yeah. But it's kind of a dumb debate when you really get down to it. Or or am I just simplifying it way too much? I mean, what do you think? Cuz I in my opinion, get rid of them all. They're going to destroy yeah. you. Like they're going to break down buildings. I don't care if you use military force or whatever you want on them, like, you know, to borrow a tagline from the franchise, life finds a way. Yeah. You know, and they are going to find a way to fuck things up for us, and it's going to be chaos and mayhem, so why even go down that path? You know, all these other films that have taken place within this universe are all canon, right? So they know that there have been incidences before, why would you risk such a thing? <laughs> this is the same thing literally happened. <laughs> like, 
20 years ago. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah. You know, you have the whole incident took place at Jurassic World in the first film and that the park being shut down and everything. And it's like, why is this even a question to save these creatures? And yeah. I get it. Legislation, the government, they don't want to get involved. So now it's up to Bryce Dallas Howard and she recruits um, Chris Pratt and they take it upon themselves to do it because some friend of John Hammond, who has mysteriously <laughs> never been mentioned in any of the other movies and was created specifically for this. God bless you, James Cromwell. We love you, but oh, man. I don't know why you chose to take this role. Ugh. I guess somebody had to. But all I'm saying is like. And, and here's the interesting thing. I've gotten a lot of heat from a lot of people saying to me. Listen, you're being way too hard on J.A. Bayona. It's the screenplay. It's the screenplay's fault. The screenplay is what's to blame here. Oh, oh, yeah. Believe me. I blame the screenplay. <laughs> yeah. Like, there is nothing about the screenplay that, to me, makes sense at all. No. <laughs> nothing makes sense to me. There's very little. It's it's built on a very shaky foundation, the screenplay. And I don't know. There's, to start on a positive, because I'm sure we'll dive into some very heavy negatives still, um, it is very... Uh, I think it's very pretty to look at. There's a lot of really interesting lighting situations and there's a lot of good shots. Really? The, you thought so? Yeah, there's a couple good ones and it makes, and I feel like that's appropriate because J.A. Bayona does that well. So like there's a couple moments where I was like, oh, that's a J.A. Bayona shot. But then they would quickly move away into like, nope, <laughs> nope, not anymore. Like, No, I see Like I kind of got that sense possibly from the trailer, but when I saw mm-hmm. the whole movie within context, to me, yeah it looked like it was retaining the same look that Jurassic world had. It definitely is. There's just, I I've just nitpicked like very small. It's literally like two second shots that I was like, Oh, that's really nice. But they're very few and far between. Well, like, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is this movie looks like it could have been shot directed by anybody. No, absolutely. Yeah. There was nothing in this to me that (laughs) screamed creativity, imagination, a distinct Mm -hmm. personality when it comes to the filmmaking. Like I was waiting for some sort of a sequence where, I don't know, maybe they're in the roly-poly ball thing, you know, rolling down the green, uh, you know, uh, the green landscape away from the mm-hmm. volcano and the dinosaurs are all around them. And Jay Bayona is going to do like this one single take tracking shot of the ball like rolling as the other dinosaurs are like running past it, bumping into it, you know, whatever yeah. or some something. We almost get that. There's like a part where Chris Pratt is like fighting off security guards and there's like a dinosaur just like losing its mind in the cage. In a, in there the background. was that one tracking shot. And yes. I was like, oh, we're almost there. <laughs> yeah, we're almost there. Except I don't buy Chris Pratt as this action hero who can just mow down security guards. Just, I don't like, care how just, fit like, he is. I don't care if he is Star Lord. In this movie, he's a freaking Velociraptor trainer. He's not. Oh man, can we? Talk he's about not some badass. When we're reintroduced to Chris Pratt, <laughs> I just I started laughing out loud when it happens. So when it it starts with, um, you know, they're trying to like get the the bone from the the what's the I don't remember the name of the dinosaur, but like the really scary dinosaur doesn't matter. Dinosaur <laughs> that eats people. They're trying to get its tooth. They're, they're two-fairying the dinosaur is what they're doing. Yeah. And so when they recruit Bryce Dallas Howard to recruit Chris Pratt, he when they cut to what he's doing, he's just like building a house in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. And I was like, the second they cut to that, I was just – I just laughed out loud. I was like, what? Yeah, what because getting on? groceries is going to suck. You know, it's yeah. like this guy is literally secluded in the middle of nowhere. Well, why is he building – 
he's just building a house by himself like what i'm, I'm practically <laughs> expecting john denver country roads you know to start playing yeah. in the background as he's hammering away building this house exactly and it's it's actually kind of funny because it does uh give you a little <laughs> bit of so insight ridiculous. into his character which is that he just doesn't think things through yeah i don't know you know what i mean and that was i guess part of the reason why their relationship didn't work out necessarily I suppose I'm not exactly yeah. sure. I guess she's more practical and he's more free spirited. Maybe they like kind of allude to it, but they don't really touch on it. Yeah. Well, I will say this: I, oh. I Bryce Dallas Howard. I mean, the heels weren't a problem this time around. No, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't as much of a uh, nuisance for me in this one as it was in the first one. Um, but w- what was really, really bothersome for me personally was that I feel like she didn't have anything to do in this film. Yeah. Hell, I didn't even feel like Chris Pratt had anything to do. Nobody, really. Nobody, yeah. <laughs> even, this movie even Toby like Jones. A, like, when Toby Jones showed up, I was like, oh, Toby Jones, and he doesn't do anything. <laughs> no, no, nobody does anything in this movie. It, it's it's such a weird, weird screenplay where things are it happening, is. but it gives you literally no reason to care. Yeah, nothing, literally everything that happens, like, that involves a character is not f- due to one of, like, one character or another's doing. It's all just, like, stuff is happening for the sake of the screenplay. Like, this needs to happen, so it's just going to happen. It's not going to be one person's fault or another. The, I'd say probably the one storyline that they want you to care about the most, I think, is probably the storyline involving um, uh, the little girl uh, wh- who... Isabella Sermon plays her. Maisie. Maisie, her name is in the movie. And she's the granddaughter of uh, Lockwood, who's played by James Cromwell. And I believe that is the storyline and the character that the screenplay wants us to care about the most. Right? Am I, yeah. am I getting this correct? That's what I That's what I kind of took away from it, too. Yeah. And it's all hinged upon this ridiculous reveal in the third act. Oh, my God. <laughs> ridiculous i watched it i just watched it with my mom and so we the whole time we were like is she laura dern's daughter is she this person's daughter like the the very little girl from the from the first one and 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 i'll tell you this much all of the things that you thought while watching this josh were probably better than what they came up with (laughs) and then when they and then when they reveal it i was like wait what (laughs) absolutely ridiculous I mean, so ridiculous. You know, I, I could go down a whole list of things that are ridiculous about this movie. J- Jeff Goldblum, best thing about Thor Ragnarok, possibly on the verge of a career resurgence. He's in Isle of Dogs. He's in Hotel Artemis. Okay, Hotel Artemis wasn't that great. But, you know, Jeff Goldblum <laughs> seems to be everywhere right now. And he's everywhere except in this movie. It's so sad. Because <laughs> the marketing has him front and center to the point where I even thought that he had, you know, top billing in this and i'm like oh we're gonna get some jeff goldblum in this movie that's awesome like let's get some scenes with him and chris pratt nope let's just have him bookend the movie let's have him begin and bookend the movie it made no sense i was they really do push the marketing for him that he's in like a hefty portion of it yeah and then it's like well nope (laughs) they fooled me i thought they were just withholding on scenes because they didn't want to show like you know him having interactions with chris pratt and it's like well shit they fooled me that's what i thought he really doesn't (laughs) So there's that. Um, there's Ted Levine in this, who, for those that don't know Ted Levine, he plays Buffalo Bill in The Silence of the Lambs. He's also in Monk. Um, some might recognize him, I guess, uh, what's a more popular movie? He's been from Shutter Island. Yep. He's got the Vincent D'Onofrio role in this movie. Yeah. Uh, that he had in the previous one, Jurassic World. 
I don't understand this character's motivation. <laughs> I don't understand his logic. He just wants his bonus. What? Like, <laughs> I, I, like, and I know that's a weird thing, Josh, uh, because like you're right. Like, it sounds like a joke. All he wants is to get paid. That's literally all he wants. And it's the, <laughs> okay. Here's another thing that's really bothering me too. Okay. Okay. Tell me. Rafe's Ball, who plays this right-hand businessman to James Cromwell in this movie, mm-hmm. is kind of like the quote-unquote, you know, caretaker of his granddaughter and also of his financial affairs and everything that goes around in his business, essentially. Like, Mills is the guy that's pulling all the strings yeah. and making everything happen because Cromwell's uh, faith, uh, faith, <laughs> his faith in humanity. No, no, his, his health is failing him. Yeah. Um, and as a result of which, um, Mills is the one that's, you know, like I said, pulling the strings, making things happen and so on and so forth. So the plan is to, and I'm sorry, guys, I know we're spoiling stuff, you know, at this point, like, <laughs> I don't think any of it really is spoiler. <laughs> I think you have an idea of how we feel about the movie. I, I think it's pretty clear that you could probably shut it off now if you want, if you haven't seen the movie, but if you don't care, or if you have seen the movie, listen on. Yeah, because I'm going to reveal some stuff. So Mills decides he's going to auction off the dinosaurs. Toby Jones is brought in as the auctioneer host. It's funny because when they when they introduce Toby Jones, they kind of make it seem like he's pulling the strings for Mills. Right. They, they kind of allude to like, oh, Toby Jones is like the big bad guy. Like he's the one that's actually trying to get everything out of the dinosaurs. And then he just like hosts the auction. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> he has no, no character and he has no impact on the script other than to be somebody that we know standing at the podium that's saying sold 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 he's an amazing hairpiece if that's a hairpiece that's not a hairpiece it looks like a hairpiece i mean oh man it's an abomination is what it is (laughs) when it blows in the wind it looks amazing (laughs) (laughs) i need i need to see a gif of that now Um, (laughs) i'm looking up and Now that you brought it up, I, I do kind of want to receive that image. It's pretty great. <laughs> but they're selling the dinosaurs, Josh. They are. How much do you think a dinosaur is worth? Apparently, $80 million. Wait, where'd you get $80 million from? Because last I checked, when Mills was looking at his iPad or or tablet or whatever, the money was only going up to about $121 million. Yeah. Didn't they sell? I thought they were selling like some of the first ones for like roughly around that, like eighty million. I, I don't no, know. I was really like tuned the, out by the auction. Uh, <laughs> yo, no, 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 no. So if my memory serves me correctly, they're selling the first couple of dinosaurs for like two million, eight million. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm saying, and then like when we got to like the end, and we got to like to the big boy, you know. Then yeah. at that point, it was like, all right, now they're you know doing some real money. But what was cracking me up was I was laughing at how Mills was getting so excited. <laughs> That he was making all these millions of dollars. Um, And I'm sitting here saying to myself, A, those dinosaurs have to be worth so much more than that. Oh, yeah. B, that's less money than this movie itself is even going to make. And that in itself is embarrassing. And C, (laughs) just the whole idea of it, the whole plan is... Like I said, it's all, it doesn't make sense. It's dumb. No, it doesn't. I love the image of the rotate of the number acting the the like total amount at the bottom of his screen just acting like a Rolodex as it gets higher and higher. Exactly. <laughs> He's just like racking in money. <laughs> so, I think the first half of the film is stronger than the second half. I think no, the absolutely. stuff of getting Owen back, going to the island, 
rescuing the dinosaurs off of the island. I thought all of that was a lot stronger than when we actually get back to the mainland and this whole auction mess all starts yeah. happening. I was more when, – when they were kind of talking about – you know, them going back to the island and having to rescue the dinosaurs and look for Blue. I was like, okay, this could lead to some interesting stuff. You know, this might be really good. Yeah. And and then they leave the island very quickly. And I was like, well, <laughs> I guess this isn't what the movie's going to be about. <laughs> no, not at all. They get off the island actually pretty quickly. They, there is a, It's really early. Probably the best scene in the whole film is actually when they leave the island and they look back at the pier. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I think that 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 might be the best scene in the whole movie. That is the probably. best scene. I felt I felt a little something there. I was like, oh, this is this is a good moment. Yeah, no, that that was a moment where I I could feel the emotion. I could tell where the film was trying to send its message. Yeah, I got it. Like I I I understand what the film was trying to get at here. And then like like I said, you get to the, like the third like the third act, and then all of a sudden it's about oh we genetically engineered a new kind of dinosaur and it's like yeah. oh god really again yeah because it's worked out so well the first time in jurassic <laughs> world and they've made like a super velociraptor and they call it the indoraptor the indoraptor and okay so first of all the indoraptor to its credit is very smart yeah like the indominus rex i will i will admit to that it is smart yeah it's nowhere near as fast as I expected a super-powered raptor to be. Oh, yeah. Considering how fast raptors can run. Yeah. The other thing, too, is this. Ever since they kind of just moved everything over to digital with Jurassic World, I mean, like, fully, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen Jurassic uh, Park 3. I don't remember if that was all fully digital. Maybe there was some practical still in there. Uh, I think most of the part... I think for the most part, it's digital, and then there's, like, a couple little bits of, like, practical elements. Okay, these films have lost something. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> going full digital. Like, they're not scary. Yeah. And they don't feel grounded at all within reality. No. At all. No. Like, that that does, that does not make for an immersive cinematic experience. Yeah, the dinosaurs don't, like, pose a threat in, in these newer films because they look so digital. The T-Rex isn't as cool anymore when it shows up. It's like, uh. Yeah, like, it, it's telling to me that the dinosaur sequences in... Peter Jackson's King Kong Ooh. are more thrilling Heck yeah. than the dinosaur set pieces that we got in this. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm sorry. Like, you could tell me that that's the screenplay's fault. I got to lay that at the feet of J.A. Bayona, unfortunately. And it yeah. pains me to do so. No, it, yeah, it's upsetting. But it just seemed to me like I, I, I just maybe my expectations were too high, but they couldn't have been because I just came off of Jurassic World, which I also <laughs> didn't really like. So I thought I went in with the right level of expectations for this. I was like, there's no way this can be as bad. Same. <laughs> like, it's almost humanly impossible. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, I, I will also say this too. I'm trying to find pauses. I'm like grasping at straws here. I did feel that the opening of the film being underwater you know, the mm -hmm. sound, yeah. the eeriness of everything, the fact that it was in, uh, yeah, it was raining, it was at nighttime, mm -hmm. so there was that element of, ooh, something could come out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, that was all well and good. That was good. And I was definitely enjoying that opening sequence, um, for sure. But then, like I said, it just kind of just goes all downhill from there at that point. Yeah, I mean, it really does. <laughs> and not to mention, too, um, they, oh, God, who was the 
who's the one character? Um, give me a second here. I'm going to remember his name. Franklin? Is that his oh, name? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This IT guy? Yeah, the IT guy. The, the computer whiz? I don't know who in their right mind thinks that that kind of a character sells anymore in terms yeah. of comedy. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't... Like, I don't know, like, who's that character for? Is yeah. it for kids? They milk, like, and they milk that joke. Like, that, that's a very old cliche kind of joke. Like, oh, the nerdy guy has a really, like, high-pitched yell when he gets scared. Yeah. And, it's, and they milk that joke, like, dry. And it doesn't, it's not funny. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It happens, like, in the same sequence, it happens, like, five or six times. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I agree. Uh, it does. They don't do a good job with it, in my opinion. Now, no. um, who was the other young person uh, that that's with them? She. I don't remember her character name, but she is the. She's like a medical uh, officer. Like she. She knows how to like medically treat all of the dinosaurs. Which I mean, you know, you kind of need in this film because the humans, for some weird reason or another, are completely inhumane towards the dinosaurs. For, yeah literally no reason like there's that scene where ted levine like turns on chris pratt and i'm just like why yeah <laughs> like why like what's the point you know like you guys had a plan and chris pratt clearly said wait for my signal yeah and you guys just go and do your own thing anyway yeah i get it you have an agenda like you're gonna sell the dinosaurs anyway um fine but like i don't know uh oh oh you know what that made me think of though that made me think of another scene in a movie that i did actually enjoy i enjoyed the scene where chris pratt did his wolf of wall street on quaalude scene (laughs) yeah he's like all he's like all drugged up he could barely move he's like half paralyzed and he's got the lava coming towards him yep which oh by the way can we both agree that the cgi in this movie is really bad god the lava looks so fake it's so terrible (laughs) absolutely terrible like you're trying to tell me you couldn't use practical fire on set at all to give off the impression that this was sort of real and then like you know mix in some cgi elements later like this was fully 100 no. cgi and it, and it just nothing about it worked oh <laughs> like man. roll around what was working it was watching chris pratt like flailing his body trying to get out of this yeah exactly that was yeah it was that was that was entertaining for the brief 10 seconds that it lasted the uh the other girl her name is zia rodriguez in the movie and that's daniela uh pinetta okay i couldn't remember her name but yeah she like treats the gotcha the, yeah gotcha. that lava looks really bad <laughs> I, d- I didn't really think about it, so you just now brought it up. But man, the lava looks really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I okay. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta gather myself here. Yeah, the relationship between Owen and Blue, it's a strong one. I think it works. I think it works too. It, I feel like it could have been a little more touching in this one because there's like you know but 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 josh josh a, a, a tear falls out of the raptor's eye at one point <laughs> How, it doesn't get more emotional than that uh, I lean come over, on now i leaned over to my mom when that happened i was like do dinosaurs cry like is that a this thing is, this is sad this is just as sad as a monster calls josh <laughs> all right just as sad i couldn't believe that when that happened i was like what's going on <laughs> i don't know what i couldn't believe more i don't know if i couldn't believe that or the fact that the velociraptor is smart enough and i know raptors are smart but they're yeah. smart enough to know to run away from gas before it ignites 
I mean, come <laughs> yeah. on. There was a good, I think the the question I asked the most during this movie was like, what is, was just, what is going on? <laughs> I mean, I think the question I asked myself most during this movie is, is it almost over? But that too. It's really long. I was so bored. It's really long. <laughs> because like I said, it like a, a totally different genre, a totally different kind of movie. But I, I think back to something like Atomic Blonde, which I really mm-hmm. wasn't into mm-hmm. like while watching it. Like I really wasn't like into the story and so on and so forth. But yeah. At least it had like that stairway fight sequence to pull me out and go, wow, (laughs) this is really like exciting and invigorating and like really, really intense. Yeah, for sure. Didn't get that here. No, we really miss that here. (laughs) You know, and and then there are some scenes where I think they're coming close, like they're Mm -hmm. on the verge of creating something that's really exciting. Like you have the Indoraptor versus Blue at one point, which is a good pump your fist moment for sure. Yeah, for 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 a brief moment. <laughs> but there is no way in hell you could convince me that that Indoraptor would not just tear apart Blue. Yeah. <laughs> the longer that those two fought. All of the cool, like pump, like you said, pump your fist moments are like the moments that are meant to be emotional are very short-lived. Like we don't feel the impact at all. <laughs> no, I, I mean, maybe like the moment where Chris Pratt uses the one dinosaur to escape from the cell that he's in with, you know, using it, yeah. ramming its head into the wall. Mm-hmm. Um. Whatever, whatever good moments are there, I guess. I I, I, I will admit, I, you know, there is a bit of suspense during the scene where the characters are playing hide-and-seek with the Indoraptor. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're trying to, like, cleverly, like, avoid it and everything, but yet it's, like, super smart, which is something that I really can't understand, by the way, because they established in the film that the Raptors could hear you coming, like, a mile away. And they're in close proximity, and they're making all this noise, shuffling around, like trying to move, even though it's like cautiously being done. It's like a it's like a plot point at, at a certain point in the film where they're like, you can't track Blue because she can smell you, and she'll figure out you're coming from like over a couple miles away or whatever. And isn't the Indoraptor built from blue, like a portion of Blue? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this movie doesn't even obey by its own logic. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but anyone that wants to try and defend this movie to me, I, 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 you know, listen, you, and if you want to chalk it up to, hey, it's brainless, dumb, fun, you know, yeah, just enjoy it for what it is. That, if that works for you, great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. This is a real disappointment coming from a director who's past, you know, films have been nothing short of spectacular. Yeah, absolutely. That was definitely the most disappointing part. And for me, that's the that's the part about this that's going to linger on the most. Like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom may not objectively be the worst film I have seen this year. Mm-hmm. But you better believe it's in my bottom three. And most of that is because of how angry it made me because <laughs> I should not be bored watching this. No, you shouldn't at all. It's dinosaurs eating people. Like, that's exciting. But but even those scenes, you know, like, I, thinking back on it right now, in the first two that Steven Spielberg did, watching a velociraptor, like, jump on a human being and seeing the velociraptor, even if it was, like, for a brief second, seeing it, like, bite into, like, the shoulder or something like that of another human, or mm-hmm. when the Tyrannosaurus Rex would eat another person and then they would like rip him in half or you know whatever the case might be i always also think about that scene in uh, lost world where the guy's blood like goes down the waterfall yeah you know like th- like they're very gory movies it's very chilling <laughs> and i almost got the sense while watching fallen kingdom that the violence was 
so so tame that I I swear I had to check and see if this movie was rated PG. Is it? Please tell me it is. Because there's that moment when the Indoraptor like bites off the dude's arm, and there's very little blood that is shown. <laughs> it, it, it's PG thirteen. Ah, oh, dang it! You can show more blood. It's PG thirteen. Yeah, I, I hey, I don't know. <laughs> but like, even I didn't even get my 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 bloodlust, you know, cravings no. at all from this movie. I, I was expecting it to be. I I know it can't be rated R or anything like that, but no. you could at least put some creativity into how you have the dinosaurs kill people all the ways that they showed in this movie are all things that i have seen before in the other movies there was nothing new here no not at all okay you want to move over to final thoughts great out of 10 (laughs) yeah let's do it all right i I think that we've like exhausted this movie enough (laughs) or this movie's exhausted us i'm not really sure yet yeah Okay, final thoughts, Josh. What do you got? Um, it's really, like we've been saying, it's not it's not put together well at all. The screenplay is a, is a very big mess. It doesn't, like you just said earlier, the film doesn't follow the, its own logic that it sets into place. So not only is like the logic of the real world out of the question, but the logic that the film asks you to believe in is now thrown out the window too. Um, the, the dialogue is really, really silly. Um, we haven't touched on it yet, but the scene where Dal- uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and um, I can't remember his name are trying to escape from a tunnel and she, they're trying to pull the ladder down and they can't. And she just goes, chair. Oh my gosh. That might be my favorite slash worst line reading of the year. Chair. chair! Oh my God. It's <laughs> so funny. I actually, I looking at my notes. I have that written in big letters with four exclamation points written next to it just because of like how weird it's really it just came out of nowhere how she yelled it It makes no sense (laughs) ridiculous Uh, um but yeah like we talked about the visuals like the cgi of the dinosaurs really has taken away from the the frightening aspect of the dinosaurs like we're not necessarily scared of them anymore and the way that the dinosaurs go about actually killing people and the fun that we that you know comes from some of these movies really gets lost because there's no new original ways that they're bringing about it they're just rehashing old products which is never fun so um yeah it's really bad you could even make the claim that the whole storyline is kind of rehashed from the lost world yeah absolutely um but yeah great out of 10 i feel like i'm gonna give it a two. <laughs> Oof, it's really bad and, and that's the same grade you gave to uh the last night last year right i believe so yeah Oof. All right. So, Josh, I, I definitely went between a one and a two on this. <laughs> and when I saw the films this year that I have given uh, the twos to mm-hmm. and the films that I've given the one to as well, I will say that at first I, I did give the movie a two. Okay. But upon further reflection and thinking about it more – which I, 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 I pity myself for even doing that, but I did. <laughs> I thought about it a little bit more. It, it deserves, it deserves the one rating from me. <laughs> I like that you built that up to like, oh, maybe it'll be like a three or a four. No. <laughs> no. It's a one. No. Listen to me. Oh, there is a line of dialogue where Franklin, I think that's his name, the IT guy, Franklin, yeah. says... He, they're about to board a plane, a freaking plane, okay? I don't care if it's a small plane. It's a plane. Mm-hmm. 
that holds multiple people. And he actually has a line that was written in the screenplay. And then they shot it. And then they chose to leave it in the edit. And the line is, I have drones that are bigger than this. <laughs> really? You have a drone that's bigger than that plane. Uh, My ass. I'm pretty did. sure that plane carries like the entire crew in Jurassic Park 3, too. So, <laughs> so ridiculous. So ridiculous. That line is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, there's that line. Uh, there's the line where... Um, they ask like one character, "Oh, did you check for moles or something like that?" Like on like the on like the body. Oh yeah. I, I mean, it's just this movie frustrated me. It frustrated me because it couldn't even give me the bare minimum, and the bare minimum would have been action set pieces because this is a big budgeted blockbuster film. Yeah. With dinosaurs. Yeah, that's what it should be giving us. <laughs> Your bar is very low in terms of what you need to do. And also very easy to reach. <laughs> yeah. And I thought we had a talented enough director that could make it happen. Yeah, me too. Well, my expectations were wrong, and which is why I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. And I will say, I don't believe J.A. Bayona directed this movie. Yeah. I, he, his name might be up there, but I, I refuse to believe it. I wouldn't be shocked to hear if there was a, like, a release the J.A. Bayona cut come, you know, resurgence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, unless if he reaches out to me and he says, Matt, you're completely wrong. This is my film. I stand behind it, yada, yada, yada. I, I will forever believe that there was studio tampering with this, and this is not his full vision of what he wanted to do. Yeah, for sure. So, ah. $10 million, Josh. $10 million for the last of an endangered species that was already extinct to begin with and then brought back. That does not make sense. There are cars that cost more than $10 million. This movie is dumb. It's so bad. People were asking, like, on Twitter, are we going to get angry, Matt, for this review? You damn well, God. God damn right. Ugh. I've arrived. <laughs> Angry Matt is here. I'm sick. I need to go to bed. And I have to talk about fucking Jurassic World. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm tired of talking about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I, I myself have fallen. <laughs> the Fallen. Fallen Kingdom is you. The, the next film is going to be called Jurassic World, Jurassic World, because there's I'm nothing. Really, I will say, I will say, when they show the first courtroom scene with Jeff Goldblum, and yeah. he doesn't say... Welcome to Jurassic World. I was really upset. I was like, damn it. He says it in the trailer. Why isn't it in the movie? And then when it happens at the end, I was very excited. <laughs> really? You're excited no. by the inevitable sequel that we're going to get to this? No. <laughs> I just want to hear Jeff Goldblum talk. Do you realize the amount of asinine? The next one is going to be uh, like Predator Concrete Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic World Concrete Jungle. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, it's really bad. I, I, I'm... I, I'm done. I've got nothing. I've got nothing else left to add because I, I just. Me neither. I'm, I'm. I can't. I've exhausted. I've exhausted all possibilities here. No. Yeah. Both in terms of negative and positive. Although I'm sure if I think hard enough, I could find more negative. But I just yeah. don't want to. I'm tired at this point. <laughs> all right, Josh. Where can I find you on the internet? You can find me at Twitter at Josh underscore Williams oh nine. Oh, and for the record, it, people are probably saying this to themselves right now, and it's true. Yeah, we're not even going to bother talking about Oscar potential for this movie. Oh no. No, we skip it over entirely for this review. No. <laughs> Freaking awards website, awards podcast over here. Man, this is our identity. I'm not even going to I'm not even going to dignify. <laughs> Absolutely not. 
Well, thank you for telling them where they can find you on Twitter, Josh. You can find You're me welcome. at Next Best Picture. By all means, feel free to tweet at me and tell me why I'm wrong about this movie. I love hearing those reactions from people. And that's cool. That's cool. If you like this movie, that's totally cool. Like, I got nothing against anybody that likes this movie. No, not I, at all. Just because I think the movie's dumb does not mean I think you're dumb for liking the movie. Does that make sense? No, yeah, absolutely. Like, this is just one of those situations where I'm bringing my own personal expectations into the film because of who was attached to it and because of other movies that have come before it, mostly, obviously, directed by Steven Spielberg. A childhood love for the franchise and to see it handled in this manner, in this way... That's upsetting to me. No, yeah, me too. So I hope people understand my frustration. (sighs) And understand that my frustration doesn't have to be yours. Not at all. So with that said, you can find me on Twitter at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast review of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher TuneIn, Player FM, and also on CastBox. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable, but... If it's going to be less than five stars, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think of the show. We really, really appreciate your feedback and support. And also, too, we would really, really love your support on Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you can get some exclusive podcast content on there, some exclusive reviews that we do just for our Patreon subscribers. Thank you once again so much for listening. And as always, we shall see you all next time. I'm going to bed. Screw this. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.